This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we decided to bring in a guest today. I would like everybody to be nice because, you know, he does come from the division. So we have to play fair a little bit today. But we have Daryl Ryder. Daryl, tell everyone where they can find you before we start. Uh, I am uh, the Browns guy at 92.3 The Fan here in Cleveland. I'm also the co-host with my partner, Andy Baskin, of, uh, I guess, the co-podcast, sister podcast, brother podcast, whatever. It's always game day in Cleveland. Not Buffalo, not Cincinnati, not Seattle. It's, it's always game day in Cleveland. So that's uh, where you can find me. Thank you for joining us uh, so we can talk today about essentially some division rival stuff that should be fun. But we want to this is a way to interrogate you on the other side right now. So we're going to start with a little bit of interrogation interrogation because we want to know what's going on over there in Brown's land. So the first thing we want to know is uh, Coach Stefanski. Now, you know, I, I have to assume that you know, there are some high expectations for him and that this year is going to be critical in terms of what he does from a coaching perspective. There's a lot of talent when you look at the roster. Uh, And I feel like that this is going to be the make or break year, a lame duck season of sorts for Coach Stefanski over there. I could be wrong, but that's why we have you here. We want to know what you think in terms of his job security uh, for 2023 and beyond. Well, he enters year four of his five-year contract when uh, he was hired back in 2020. I call this a put-up-or-shut-up year for the Cleveland Browns because, as you mentioned, this roster, this is not a situation where maybe 10 years ago I would look at the Browns roster and I would just say uh, they, they have nothing. Like there, there, there are no marquee players at the marquee positions that are required to be an elite football team. They have that. You, you look at uh, from Miles Garrett to Denzel Ward – to Deshaun Watson, to Amari Cooper, to Nick Chubb, to the offensive line. Um, It's very hard to argue that the Browns have a talent deficiency. One of my biggest criticisms of them uh, the last two years is the fact that they underperformed, at least from my perspective. Obviously, they had some challenges. 
Baker Mayfield getting hurt in 2021. And then last year with Deshaun Watson's off the field situation, he was suspended the first 11 games. But the bottom line is that they played well enough uh, as a team. Jacoby Brissett as the number two quarterback played well enough for them to be a contender and they just did not do their job and get it done, especially on the defensive side of the ball and on special teams. And that's why Kevin Stefanski made two big changes this offseason. He fired Joe Woods as his defensive coordinator, and he brought in Jim Schwartz uh, to take over. He Roll fired- the Bulls on, baby. Yep. <laughs> he fired Mike Prefer as special teams coordinator, and he went ahead and he brought in Bubba Ventrone from the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that those two moves alone potentially could save Kevin Stefanski's job this year to give you some perspective of how desperate he is as a coach, maybe desperate's the wrong word, but how in tuned he is to how important this season is. Uh, we're all packing our bags for West Virginia Saturday to start training camp for the first eight days. They're not starting in Berea, Ohio. Of course, the Browns are have reported earlier along with the New York Jets because they're in the hall of fame game. So uh, we will have the world's longest training camp, seven weeks of practice football. But that's how important this season is to Kevin Stefanski, that he realizes I got to get these guys out of their comfort zone, away from distractions. We're going to go to the Greenbrier in West Virginia where I can have their undivided attention, uh, away from family, friends, and like I said, the other distractions that come with being uh, you know, part of the National Football League. Daryl, how did we get here to where we're talking about Stefanski on the hot seat? I mean, you think back to 2020, he was coach of the year, and it looked like the Browns were turning things around. And you mentioned some of the things that kind of slowed them down a little bit, Baker, his injuries, and his exit, the Deshaun Watson situation. But, I mean, I I, I thought it's crazy how at one point we looked at Stefanski as one of the, you know, young, bright coaches in the league to now it's like, He's fighting for his job. And I think when you look at the Browns, you I think what worked for him at one point was obviously sticking with the run game, going with Nick Chubb and that duo with him and Kareem Hunt at the time. Obviously, Kareem Hunt isn't there anymore. But are, do you get surprised when you see Stefanski kind of go away from the run game the way that he has the last couple of years, especially considering how dominant Nick Chubb can be? No, I, I don't get surprised because I understand the the methodology behind what he is uh, has, doing as a head coach and as a play caller because he serves that dual role, uh, similar to guys like Andy Reid. Um, and that has always been a hotly contested thing among fans here in Cleveland. And I just I just say, hey, a lot, lot of head coaches in the league call their own offensive and, and defensive plays. That That's not the issue. The issue is, are you connecting with your players on a level where you get the most out of them. And I just ne- I just didn't feel that Stefanski the last couple of years has done that. The year that they won 11 games, made the playoffs, were literally one, two, maybe three plays away from the conference championship game. That was the COVID year. That was where all you had was football. And nobody was allowed in the building. Nobody was allowed around the team. So they were forced to be in this bunker. And I don't think it's a secret that that is ended up being the Browns most successful uh, campaign since their reincarnation in 1999, because all of these distractions just, they they weren't allowed to be there. And lo and behold, they ended up having uh, a a very memorable and and successful season. So um, I I don't know that it, it, 
and I'll say this, they're going to run less this year. <laughs> Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's going to throw the football 35 times a game. Get ready. Yeah, I mean, that, that they're paying him $46 million a year, right? Um, and so it, that's okay. What, what you need to do, though, is maximize the touches, make sure the situations are right, that, the, that you don't allow the game to force you into certain situations. Uh, where you just have to get away from the run game when you do want to. Um, the year that the Browns made the playoffs in 2020, they had such a great formula. And that was basically get ahead by halftime, and then we're just going to ground and pound you into submission in the third and fourth quarters with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they would literally alternate the running backs. One or two series would be Chubbs. Then here comes Kareem Hunt for the next two series. Okay, you get your breather. Chubbs fresh again. Here you go. Stop us if you can. And they and teams could not do that, uh, and the Browns' defense w- was able, obviously, to be adequate enough. He tried replicating that formula in 2021, and as you know, it's a league of evolution, and they couldn't replicate that. Baker Mayfield got hurt early in the season. He tried to gut it out. God bless him with that, uh, you know, dislocated, non-throwing shoulder, and it just it it, it didn't happen. He he played poorly the entire season and the team suffered as a result. And they wasted a really good defense. There was, In fact, Browns, Ravens in Baltimore, I think they created five turnovers in that game, and they lost yeah. to the Ravens. Um, it was an ugly, ugly game, but the defense did everything they could to beat the Baltimore Ravens and, and did something to Lamar Jackson that not many teams are able to do to him, and that is force him into turn. They couldn't win the game. Uh, last year, uh, again, defensive breakdowns were the issue. The, the, I called it the Spider-Man meme defense. Oh, was that you? Is that me? What, what happened? Oh, well, this happened, so you were supposed to do this and not that. And, and so it became uh, paralysis by analysis on that side of the ball. Well, Joe Woods, gone, and now Jim Schwartz comes in. Jim Schwartz is a, hey, stop worrying about the other 10 guys around you. You do your job. You kick the butt of the guy that's in front of you. You're a corner. You stop your man that you're that you're covering, and everybody else will take care of itself. And I think that that is going to alleviate a lot of the problems. So the issues the last couple of years go a lot deeper than just that run pass split that you were referring to. You mentioned um, Deshaun Watson not long ago um, because obviously you, you expect him to throw more because he's getting paid forty six million dollars. So. Uh, this is the part where I bring my my, my cup of tea because I, I I would like to have the tea <laughs> on what's going on with the Browns uh, <laughs> in terms of what it is that you guys expect. Let me sip some of this. Okay, that was good. Um, what do you guys expect from the Browns this season? Because we obviously know that Deshaun Watson did not play a full season last year. So this is going to be his first full season as quarterback uh, for the Cleveland Browns. You guys have gotten uh, upgraded at the wide receiver position. Obviously you got Amari Cooper and you got um, the guy from the New York Jets in a trade as well. Elijah Moore. And so, you know, Obviously, you still have Nick Chubb, who plays at a very high level. So yeah, Peoples Jones, too, who was great last year. Oh, yes, absolutely. Peoples Jones, for sure. Um, so what is it that you you guys expect 
in terms of how this team is, both offensively and defensively, because you also mentioned how the defense basically was underwhelming last year, but you have players on defense. You, I mean, obviously, Miles Garrett is, is, right. is, is a f- fantastic player, but now with the changes made and now with Deshaun playing his first full season, what do you expect from the Browns? Well, it, it, to me, it starts and ends with Deshaun Watson. If he does not play at an elite level, this team is not going to live up to expectations. I don't know if they're going to win the division. Uh, they haven't done that since 1989, so I have stopped predicting the Browns to win division titles. Uh, and quite frankly, they, they don't matter as much as they used to. All they get you is a home playoff game, and as long as you get in the tournament, you got a chance. I mean, you get wild card teams winning the Super Bowl all the time now, so it's just about getting in the tournament. And my expectation for them is that they do make the playoffs this year. I think the AFC North is going to be one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive division in, in, in the league. Uh, I, I think all, all four teams will finish above 500. Uh, the schedule is really bizarre this year for the Browns um, in, in the fact that they will not they, – they play three of the first four games against the division. And then like between mid-November until the season finale against the Bengals, they play nobody in the AFC North. It is just really, really bizarre. But, yeah, it's a playoff or bust type of expectation for me with this roster. You mentioned some of the uh, offseason additions uh, that they made. Um, You know, Marquise Goodwin, uh, they signed him as a free agent from Seattle. They traded their top draft pick to the New York Jets to bring in Elijah Moore to give Watson a, a, a more versatile target to throw the football to. Amari Cooper is still the number one receiver on this team. Donovan Peoples-Jones really emerged last year as a possession receiver. Look, th- this draft class, like Cleveland used to live and die by the draft. It was the annual Super Bowl for Browns fans. This draft class, meh. Like, they're, they're, you know, Cedric Tillman, their, their top pick in the third round, uh, I don't know. what. I have no idea what to expect from any of these draft picks. They're all three to seventh rounders. And quite frankly, they're not going to be dependent upon to carry this team and to have major impacts they're at most they're going to be role players. And quite frankly, that's what they should be. Um, so uh, the Zadarius Smith trade uh, late in the off season, uh, I-, I thought was a fantastic move. They literally gave up nothing to bring this guy in to replace Jadavian Clowney and be that bookend uh, for miles Garrett, because that was the whole philosophy with bringing in a, a guy like Jadavian Clowney a few years ago, was to take some of those double and triple teams that Garrett would command and take some of that attention away so Garrett could get more one-on-one matchups uh, that he could win. So um, I I think that uh, also, too, with the improvements on the defensive line uh, that they made, they spent a little money there. Dalvin Tomlinson, they brought him in uh, as a free agent. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I feel like that it's hard for me to say the Browns are deficient from a roster standpoint, they have what they need to win. All they need to do is just go out there and get it done. Start winning football games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Daryl, I mean, look, it, it, like you said, it's a 
it's a lot of new with the Browns this year. A lot of what ifs going from Watson to, you know, the additions that you mentioned on defense. I definitely like this Adarius Smith trade. Like you say, they really got him for nothing. I think the Juan Thornhill pickup was nice. You get another starting safety that's coming from a Super Bowl winning team uh, for sure. I, I like what the Browns could do this year. And I'm prob- I'm one of the guys that feels like we're going to see uh, – uh, definitely at least a better Watson than we saw last year. I mean, the Watson I watched last year on the field was almost looked like a run first quarterback. He didn't look like the Deshaun Watson that I'm used to seeing in Houston, where he knows what his reads are. He knows what's going on down the field. He's looking to make plays down the field. Instead, it's like he trusted his legs at times more than his arm this year. I, I really believe that the Browns could be one of those dark horse teams. And you mentioned it, the AFC North could turn out to be the most competitive division in the league this year. How do you feel like the Browns rank in this division where you have a, a Ravens team that went out and actually made a concerted effort on the offensive side of the ball? You you have a Bengals team that seems to stay on top of the division the last couple of years. And the Steelers, every time we think they're going away, they still find a way to win nine games. I have for years been trying to throw dirt on the casket that I consider to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and, and, and they just, they won't they go. They won't die. <laughs> they multiply. <laughs> just won't stay in the hole. Stay in the box. Um, yeah, you know, and and I I think that the that the division really is a three team race. Um, I think it's a three team race between Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati in no particular order. Uh, I really like the Ravens offseason, not so much if you're a Browns fan, but I I think that the Ravens did a good job, as they usually do. I mean, it's a well-run organization. It's painful to sit here in Cleveland. Browns fans are going to hate hearing me say that. But Ravens fans will appreciate. Well, I mean, you have to to be objective about the situation, and it helped that you had a Cleveland Browns Hall of Famer, you know, build your football team for you. So, um, you know, and and you have two Super Bowls that – should be here uh, <laughs> you know, when, when i look at their off season uh, i think the x factor is odell how how healthy is he is he can he stay healthy um when you have back-to-back injuries of the same injury like that i think that's very very scary um i never question odell's uh, work ethic i do think he's a guy that gets a bad rap at, you know he, i i didn't really appreciate the way he left cleveland and got his way out with daddy putting up the Baker won't throw me the football video. But, but I get it. And he's, he is beloved in his locker rooms everywhere he goes, even here in Cleveland. I mean, you could argue he quit on the Browns and all his team was like, we, except for Baker Mayfield, like we want the dude back. Like Andrew Barry, like fix this, get Odell back. We want him back. So that's just the type of uh, person that, you know, Odell is and the impact that he has on his teammates. So that's a really, really good pickup if Odell ends up being uh, healthy uh, for the Ravens. And he's going to create a lot of problems for teams, including the Cleveland Browns. When I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know that they had a strong offseason. Um, uh, you know, it seems the last two years they have been just throwing Brinks trucks at their offensive line, trying to fix that yeah. to Joe Burrow upright. Uh, you know, didn't work a lot last year, but it was good enough to get them back to the AFC championship game. They were literally a step away from yet another uh, uh, Super Bowl. And I think that as long as Burroughs in Cincinnati, they're they're just going to be a problem to deal with, just like uh, with Lamar in Baltimore. 
The reason that I've got basically the Steelers finishing last in the division, but probably finishing nine and seven as they do. Nine and eight now. Nine and eight, we, I we have a, an extra game. Um, <laughs> you know, they they have Mike Tomlin. But yeah. I, I, Kenny Pickett's an X factor for me. I, I just, I don't know what to expect from him um, as far as what his evolution as a quarterback is. I don't have him in the same class as I have the three other quarterbacks within this division. So it, it is going to be, I feel like, one of the more compelling divisions to watch this year. Um, I, I, and again, I, look, you could have one of these teams get, you know, hammered with injuries that happens all the time in the nfl and that can just in baltimore (laughs) a couple years ago yeah yeah you know it can completely detonate your season just there there are x factors here but when when i look at this division and i look at the rosters in the division man it, it it if you're a browns fan you're like finally we have a football team that's worth watching the problem is the ravens are good the bengals are good and the steelers are always good so yeah go figure I want to bring up something real fast before we let you go in terms of something that you said about Cincinnati, because they're a team that from a a perspective as a Browns or Ravens or even a Steelers fan, you might feel a little bit good about because they lost a big chunk of their secondary that was actually good. Um, And so uh, I know that they've done some things in the off season, but to me, the guy, like Jesse Bates to me is a great safety and you didn't really do much to like replace him. Eli Apple is, you know, he, he's a body and he benefited off of the play that they had in the secondary, which was pretty good. And you're, you're decimated now. So yeah. I feel like while they're going to score, I mean, they still have offensive guys. Mm-hmm you might be able to do some things against them when you're in and the Browns and the Ravens, it it seems have are going to have high powered offenses. I feel like that this is potentially, you know, maybe the Bengals are not what we thought they were this year coming. I could be wrong, but that, that that's how I see that potentially going. Yeah. Jesse Bates is a guy that I really wanted the Browns to, to poach. Uh, They ended up with Juan Thornhill from the Kansas city chiefs who uh, comes here with, uh, you know, two Super Bowl rings. Uh, his his shortest season in the NFL is the conference championship game. So, um, you know, that, that's a pretty high standard. And even like Zadarius Smith bringing him in from Minnesota, they won their division last year. I, I, I do feel like that there is some uh, an intangible to knowing how to win, uh, knowing what it takes to win in the National Football League. And yeah, the Browns had that success in 2020, and a, and a big chunk of that fo- the core of the football team is still here, but not not at the quarterback position. And uh, certainly with some changes, uh, you know, some tweaks made to the receiving core and then on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I always feel like the, the, the Browns like have been trying to catch up to everybody. They've been trying to chase the Ravens for years and the Steelers and the Bengals for years and years and years, and they've never been able to really catch any of these teams. And I feel like if there's ever a year where the Browns could finally catch up to everybody in the division and overtake it, it is this year. Um, I, I Joe Burrow, I, I hope he's got a lot of icy hot for that arm standing by because uh, they're going to need him to continue to have those prolific seasons we've seen here early in his career. And he's going to have to even take it, I think, up another notch because I agree with you. I don't think that that Bengals secondary is nearly – as strong as it was the last two years, they took some hits. The problem is they got one of the best wide receiver combos in the National Football League. So scoring points 
not really a problem for the Bengals. And that's why teams like the Browns, you've seen them over the years, starting with Denzel Ward. Uh, they have tried to basically stack corners and safeties to try and counter some of that. Uh, and, and even with, you know, Lamar in Baltimore, I mean, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was basically drafted to be the Lamar stopper. Now, the team won't say it, and and JOK won't say it, you know, Andrew Berry, the GM, won't say it, but that's why they drafted the dude, because of his lateral uh, his his lateral athleticism, his ability to get vertical, his ability to drop back. He's just such a versatile player. But yeah, like they, they drafted they drafted him with Lamar Jackson in mind. So this is this I think has the potential to shape up for a really fun uh, football season here uh, within the division. I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, I'm not because it's going to be everybody's going to beat each other up. But I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing how this plays out. So we want to thank you so much for joining us. This was great. This was a great conversation. And look, we know how to be civil to each other. That's the great part of this whole podcast. Um, thank you so much. Tell everyone again how they can hear you um, and your podcast as well. Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland, keyword Cleveland. And also uh, 92.3 The Fan, 92.3 The Fan uh, com. Uh, up here on the uh, southern shores of Lake Erie, which uh, I know uh, the folks uh, in Baltimore, not a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. This was great. And hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime this season. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Daryl. So let's pick up where we left off with Daryl Cordell. We talked about the division um, and the AFC North. And I feel like as a Baltimore fan, you can't win. Between the AL East and the AFC North, yeah. you just cannot win. Both divisions are extremely hard and with all good teams. I'll say you can win because the Orioles are winning. But it's okay. It's, First place. It'll be First tough place. in both divisions, right. <laughs> but it's right. hard. It is not right. easy, um, as we know. And so, you know, it's funny because the year that the Ravens had all of those injuries, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that they were in they were only one game out of first place with all the injuries they that were they the had. First, I want to say they were the first place in the AFC at the time when when at least when Lamar went down. Yes, when Lamar say, went out. But yeah. when the season ended, the, the Bengals only had oh, right, a game right. ahead of them. And I right. so so you know that that that's that's just how crazy the division is. Now you've got a lot of upgrades in the division. And again, he already mentioned like, wow, we're not really having a conversation about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You would be a fool to not talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think that that's probably the safest bet that you can have that bearing injury in the division that they'll probably be fourth. But that's not saying a lot because this, mm -hmm. all of these teams feel like that they're good teams to some degree. So when you look at the division, how do you see this potentially ending in terms of one through four? How, and start with four and go up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think four, while I think it's a slam dunk, you just don't know. You just know. don't know. Uh, but I would expect the Steelers to be at four. I just don't know how I feel about Kenny Pickett right now. Yeah. And while I do think that there is something there with him, I don't know, even if he does turn out to be at his best. I don't know how good that is. And is it still 
gonna be is it gonna be good enough to rank him higher than the fourth best quarterback in this division, even if he is at his best? I mean, I I don't know if he can be better than Watson or Burrow or Lamar at his peak. So um I, I still just look at that Steelers team, and while I do like some of the pieces that they have, they've got a defensive player of the year on their team. They've got, got wide receiver guys like Deontay Johnson, who I love. I love George Pickens and, and, and George I think Pickens as yeah. well. Um, I'm a big Najee Harris fan. Yeah. I do think they've done more to improve their offensive line this year as well. So I do like what the Steelers are doing, but when I look at them from top to bottom and I rank them with the other teams in the division, I just don't think they stack up well, even if they reach their potential. Um, so I've got them at four. One through three is going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'm prepared to be wrong about this because I, I truly believe these next three can be placed anywhere. Um, but at three, I have, I do have the, uh, the Browns right now. Uh, I think that the Browns could slide anywhere from three to one, yep. depending on what Deshaun Watson does. And I said it earlier, I think we're, I, I do think we're most likely going to get the Deshaun Watson that we're used to seeing. I, I, I just have a hard time envisioning this dude who was so talented and can make every throw. And we were talking about him in the conversation of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I, you look at Amari Cooper, and I saw what Donovan Peoples-Jones did last year, and David and Joku took a step forward last year, and Nick Chubb out of the backfield and the play-action capabilities. I just don't see a scenario where Deshaun Watson isn't going to get back to throwing the ball all over the field. And maybe I have them ranked too low. Maybe. Um, but right now where we're looking at it today where everybody's still healthy, I, I have the Browns at three, the Ravens at two, um, for me, I could see the Ravens at three. I honestly could that we talk about all the question marks they have in terms of the injury bug at the wide receiver position. They're an injury or two away from going right down to three or four for me, to be honest with you, if, if, if Bateman doesn't turn out to have the year that we think he can have, and that gets compound with Beckham not being able to consistently stay healthy, I, I could just really see the Raven season kind of not going down the drain, but definitely not reaching the potential that we have for them today. Um, and, and, and as much as we can talk about how arguably the Bengals had the worst offseason in the division, I still got I still have them up top. It's an offensive league. It's all about how many points you can score. And Daryl said it, you know, we could talk about Jesse Bates and those guys not being there. And that is a huge blow. No doubt about it. Um, but when you've got the best wide receiver duo in the league, it kind of makes up for it where you've got Joe Burrow in your backfield. They did bring in Orlando Brown Jr. Um, at the left tackle spot to kind of help solidify that offensive yeah. line. And I do think, this will be a better fit for Orlando Brown than Kansas City was. Kansas City, Mahomes likes to hold the ball. He likes to play off script. Orlando Brown is only going to block, but for so long. I think this type of offense where Joe Burrow gets the ball out of his hand, usually it's a timing passing offense uh, that they're in over there in Cincinnati. Burrow's not looking to hold on to the ball. He doesn't extend the play unless he absolutely has to. It's usually a three-step drop, get it out. So I think that'll benefit Orlando Brown. Um, I, I just got to – I have the Bengals at one just because I have to see the Ravens dethrone them. I have to see the Browns dethrone them before I'm ready to say that uh, that that's going to happen. 
So I, I, I really like your um, top four and to the point where that probably would have been mine too. But so I'm going to shake it up a little bit because, you know, why, why would I allow, why would I allow that to happen? I'm not going to agree with you. That's not the, <laughs> you know, what's the point? Right. So I'm going to shake some things up a bit and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll go by and, and do these things. So I'm going to start with, the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. I'm going to, you know, for all the reasons that you said, um, you know, we just don't know about Kenny Pickett. And there's some youth um, uh, from the offensive side of the ball that I think we're just concerned. We don't we don't really know how that's going to mesh. So we'll do that. Um, number three, I'm going to put the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. I'm going to say that, yes, they do have the top wide receiving group. Yes, they do have Orlando Brown. They're going to score a lot of points. But are other teams going to score a lot of points on them? That's the question that I am curious to know. And so last time I checked, the way that you win any type of game in any sport is you win, you score more points than the other team. So if they are giving up a lot of points, hey, I mean, I'm curious to know how that's going to go. So I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals at number three. Number two, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns because in – in addition to everything that we already mentioned, we forgot to even add um, David and Joko as their tight end, who is another factor in that offense. So now you have Elijah Moore, Donovan People Jones, Amari Cooper. Oh, Nick Chubb, by the way, at running back. Dave and Juco at tight end. Deshaun Watson coming back, coming back after suspension, starting his first year, and now they've mustered up uh, Zadarius Smith in a trade, going along with Miles Garrett. Uh, on that line, I think that this team could be really good. And the schedule is probably favorable for them because of where they finished last year. So that probably is helpful in that regard. Number one, yes, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens because Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And if he can stay healthy this year, and obviously he has a little bit more of a, of a reason to try to get back out there if he's injured now because we've moved past the contract situation. I think that you have uh, something really good. I think that Todd Munkin is going to bring some really good changes that, you know, breath of fresh air type changes to this offense. Mark Andrews is still here. He's still one of the top three tight ends in the league. I'd say top two because we know Travis Kelsey is going to be number one. But I'm putting Mark Andrews as the next best tight end in the National Football League. Um, I expect that this offense is going to be rejuvenated. Oh, yeah, by the way, Roquan Smith plays defense. you got two guys on the defensive line that are in contract years. So I expect them to show out because they're going to try to get paid. Then you got uh, Ojabo that's coming back from an injury. I think that that's going to have a way in a, in a nice, a fun competition. Cause sometimes you need somebody that's going to be, that's plays with you to kind of pump you up a little bit to say, I want to play hard too. And by the way, they have one of the top secondaries in my, in my opinion, top five secondaries in the national football league. So I am saying Ravens one Browns two, Bengals three, uh, Steelers four. No, I am not on drugs. I am completely understanding that the Bengals went to two consecutive AFC championship games and won Super Bowl. But guess what? They ain't win not a thing out of it. And I don't feel like that they've done a ton to upgrade. Yes, the left tackle position. I agree with you. But other than that, I don't feel like that they've made a ton of changes that will make them better while the Ravens and the Browns have done exactly that. So that is my top. Yeah, I mean, look, I think when you look in this division, you, outside of maybe the Steelers, 
you could talk about the, the, the other three teams and all of them, I think, have a wide range in terms of what their potential could be this year. Um, and as much as I, I, I like what the, I love what the Ravens did this offseason, everything they did this offseason, I think, was a slam dunk. Um, from the coaching hires to the free agent signings to the draft to the Lamar extension. I just have and and I and I do think that if the Ravens hit their true potential, that could be a Super Bowl. Honestly, it, it really could be. I just can't get myself to overlook the the possibilities of if they lose a key player or two, what could happen, especially with the way the last two seasons have gone. Now, sure, you can make the argument that as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, they've got a shot to do anything. I could buy that for sure. It's just the fact for me that they're an injury or two away from basically having the same wide receiver core that they've had out there the last couple of years. Now and that's I, not true. And yeah. you know, it. you know that that is not true. I mean, if, if, if Bateman and Beckham aren't there, then you've got flowers. Okay. He's a new one, but I mean, we'll see how different from, I think he's going to be different from Hollywood. I do and too. Not necessarily different in terms of the player, but different in terms of how they're used. And yes. the, you know, but I you think can, both. I, think right. I mean, but sure. I, honestly, I think Flowers plays stronger than than Hollywood does. No doubt about it. I'll, I'll give you that. But outside of that, if, if Beckham and, and Odell go down, you're right back to playing guys like Duvernay on the regular. You're going to have to play Nelson Aguilar a little more than you'd like. He's probably. I but mean, you got tight ends, friend. I mean, you, you got you got tight ends, and I do have I do have confidence that they'll use likely. And those guys more than they did last year, which is crazy because Greg Roman lives off the tight ends. But I do think they'll find a way to incorporate them more. I just I I I, I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, the Ravens always have potential going into the year. They've always got the oh they could be in the they could be a true contender. And then as the season goes on, it just for whatever reason, and it could most times it's been injuries as of late. Um, I, I just I just want to. I want to see the Ravens reach their potential. It's time to put up for them. And I, I think they're out of excuses. That's, that's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm just, I just want to see it happen. Agreed. And I, and I get you. And I agree that you do um, want to see them actually um, bringing everything and into a full evolution of, of getting it done. So it, it will be interesting to see, but that is my top four. And you heard Cordell's top four as well. So we want to thank everyone. We want to thank Daryl Ryder for joining us to talk to, to the, about the Browns and see how they are faring this season. And we want to thank you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 